Podcasting is such a big subject. And today on AOB, we're going to take you behind the scenes of how to start your own podcast. We're going to give you the equipment you need. We're going to give you the ideas you can roll out yourself. And we're going to give you the promotion plan to help you be as successful as possible. So Rob, not everybody watching and listening to this may know that this is not our first rodeo. It is not. We have podcasted before. In fact, we still do our original podcast. And in fact, as we record this, it's actually much bigger than this podcast because this has come much more recently. And our other podcast has been running for eight years. Eight years, every single Thursday without fail. And every Tuesday for about the last six years. Yeah. And that podcast is called The Property Podcast. And I'm sure people will guess what the subject is about. It's property. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say the first property podcast or the first that wasn't already affiliated to something else. So Property Week, which is a magazine in the trade, they had one which was about commercial property, but there was nothing else about residential property back then. So we thought, hey, we can, we've got £50, we can buy a microphone, we can be podcasters. And we were, and it worked out quite well. It did work out well. It worked out very, very well. And and we managed to grow businesses off the back of that podcast. It, it's been so successful. And we're very lucky. Now downloads, as we record this, close to 400,000 a month. I'd say so. Which makes it one of the biggest business podcasts in the UK because it's in the business category. It does well in the charts every single week. I think it's probably got more five-star reviews than any other business podcast. We don't say this to brag. It's really to exhibit our experience because this is the subject that we feel pretty qualified to talk about. Talking about it now, podcasting is completely mainstream. And it was um, Serial, wasn't it? It was the podcast that everyone was talking about a few years ago. And that kind of like really tipped podcasting over into the mainstream. It did. But back when we started, podcasting was very niche. And I'd like tell people that I had a podcast. And they're like, oh, a podcast? <laughs> no, really, no one was impressed by us being high in the charts back then because no one knew what a podcast was and there wasn't even that much competition in the charts. But now the the explosion in podcasts over the last few years has been absolutely incredible. It does seem like literally everyone's got a podcast now. And we've got two. Yeah, we've got two. We waited a long time before launching the second one. Truth be told, we you actually had another podcast. You, mm-hmm. you actually started that a few months before the Property Podcast yeah. and that ran for a few years. I dabbled at a couple of other little bits which may have ran for a few months but the property podcast stuck. This this is stuck. But it's very different to then to now the podcasting world. Like you said, people didn't even know what a podcast was that long ago. And now podcasting is mainstream. Joe Rogan gets paid a mil- hundred million to work with Spotify. An incredible amount of money. Then there's Gimlet, the podcast producing company that got acquired by Spotify for again uh, over a hundred million, maybe a couple of hundred million. Big big money. Big, big money. So podcast is a big business now. But when we started, it wasn't. It was quite niche. But because it was niche, you got the first mover advantage. Back then, like you said, we were one of the first property podcasts. There weren't that many British business podcasts at all. So you do have an advantage by getting started back then. But one thing we we did back then that we've carried on today is we've treated it seriously from the off. We were consistent. There's so many podcasts that have come and gone, like so many. There's probably more failed and stopped podcasts than there are live. We've been consistent. We really focused on the quality from day one, even though it is a bit cringeworthy to go back and listen. We did make sure that we had good microphones. We made sure that it was well edited. We did it right. And if you're going to podcast, you can't 
go at this in half measures. You have to be committed and you have to do it well. Yeah. You could be wondering, like, should you still bother podcasting now? Now it's got, there are so many podcasts. And I think the answer is yes, but you do have to be prepared to take it seriously and for it to take a while, unless you have an existing audience from something else it take a while for it to really take off. There's lots of really great things about podcasting. Discoverability is not one of them. Like if you start out on YouTube, it's not easy, but there's the YouTube algorithm there to help you out and you can get discovered off the back of other people's videos. With podcasting, people could go and like browse the Apple store, but really it's like, it's like a word of mouth recommendation is the only way you get found. So it can take a long, dispiriting time to build up an audience. So I think, yes, you should do it, but you need to take it seriously, which means that there needs to be a reason for you to do it beyond just the ego of having a podcast. I mean, if you're in business, you of course can podcast for enjoyment, but the reason people are watching this is because they're in it for business. So if you've got a podcast with business intentions, then you need to get it right. And you need to be realistic with your expectations of how it's going to do. Like you said, if you launched a good quality podcast five, six years ago, in a subject that hadn't really been tackled yet, and most of them hadn't, you stood a decent chance of succeeding. You can have a great podcast today using great equipment, really well produced, and have crickets. If You can just go that way. It takes time, and you need to do a lot of things right. So, like you said, with that in mind, should you start a podcast? And we think this is a no-brainer. If you're in business, for the vast majority of businesses out there, the answer is absolutely yes. Yes, but within a niche. Yes. So you, if you're just going to start a general business podcast where you're interviewing other business owners, there are thousands of those, and most of them just have the same guests as each other, and you're realistically just not going to get discovered. But if you go niche, then it means that the people who need to find you who will get the most out of it are more likely to find you and so you might not get the hundreds of thousands or millions of listeners but you'll get the right listeners and I think if we're talking about podcasting for business that's an important distinction because you're probably not doing it for the ad revenue so if you listen to podcasts they'll often stop and talk about some kind of consumer product or something else and they'll get paid a certain amount per thousand listeners to advertise that product so if you are Joe Rogan and you've got millions of listeners that's amazing that's a really great business in its own right if you've got 5000 listeners that's going to be nothing you might get like 100 pound a month or something like that and that's a good sized podcast as mm. well 5000 listeners most will not get to that level that's right but still in terms of ad revenue like nothing but yeah. 5000 listeners if each one of those is a potential high value customer of yours that means something it really does and let, let's give examples of this so Another category that is absolutely hammered is the fitness category. There are so many podcasts on fitness, which is great. Lots of people are interested in fitness, but it's hard to stand out through the crowd. So niche down. Are you the fitness person that specializes in working with pregnant mums? Or are you the fitness person who works with CEOs? Because if you have the, the CEO fitness podcast, and you talk to different CEOs on your podcast, and you talk about the nutrition that you need and the, how you can adapt around their busy lifestyles, then CEOs who are interested in fitness might be very well interested in your services. So it's very niche, and you may only have a few hundred listeners 
But wow, those few hundred listeners could be very valuable. Yeah, definitely. And we've experienced this. Uh, a listener, somebody wants to do business with you after listening to the podcast. You don't have to sell them at all. They're already bought in because they already feel like they know you. And they do know you because your personality really comes across in the form of a podcast. Whereas if the, if the phone rings and it's a podcast listener, it's a really easy transaction. If you get the same some person calling up off the back of a leaflet through their door or something, it's way more skepticism to overcome because you're starting way back. It's like podcasting, you start five steps down the road. So it is super valuable if you manage to get that kind of visibility and if you manage to get your personality across. Because I think it's really important to recognize that podcasting, podcast people listen to for information and entertainment. And I don't think you can separate out the two. In the in the realm of business, you've got to have the information there, but people aren't just going to listen to like you reading out a blog post or something. And that's why I think having a co-host like we do just makes it so much easier because it's easier to bounce off each other. If you're going to do it solo, you can, of course, still do it, but you need to make sure that you are actually being entertaining in some kind of way. Entertaining, darling. Well, that's <laughs> what we are. But it's important. It does. It does matter if you're dull. It doesn't matter how much you know your subjects. People are going to switch off. If your sound is awful, you can be the funniest or the most interesting or most personable person ever who really knows their subject. But if your sound is off, you've got a poor microphone set up or your room is echoey, again, you're going to lose people. You, you can't neglect any area. You have to get it all right. Consistency we talked about as well. If you're going to podcast and you're going to commit to doing it every week, do it every week. People soon lose credibility if they go, right, we're every week. Then suddenly your week's missed. It's like, oh, okay. Then there's a four-week gap. And then I'm back, everybody. How many podcasts are out there that do that? You've got to be committed to this. Having a co-host actually helps you stay honest to it because you know one will say, well, I'm turning up. Why aren't you? We've never actually had that. We've been really good. We've never had to drag either person to a recording session. We enjoy it as well. That's the other thing. Working with someone else can make it more enjoyable rather than just doing it by yourself. Yeah. If you can't get a co-host, then you should get an accountability partner of some kind to make sure you do it because it doesn't feel like it matters when you miss one. It doesn't feel like it matters, but it really matters and it really does pay off. But you talked about the importance of sound. Um, so I think it's worth talking about equipment a little bit. I think the first thing to say about equipment is I think it's changed that there was a time when you could just record into your phone and if it was entertaining and informative, that would be okay. There are now so many podcasts out there. I don't think you can do that. I think people are conditioned to hearing quality audio. So it does need to be good, but that doesn't mean you need to spend a fortune on it. Like even now, we don't use expensive equipment at all and the sound is fine. No, we've changed our equipment over time. This podcast setup is more expensive and we'll come to that in a minute. But the Property Podcast, which we record from our own homes and always have done, it's not in an expensive studio. It's a cheap setup. So let's talk about the studio, which it isn't. Um, it's, it's a spare room for me. I call it the office for branding. So my office at home, is set up well for sound. So the soft furnishings in the room, and that's important. You can't be in a room with no soft furnishings because, well, it'll sound awful. So you've got to you've got to get that right first. So be conscious of the room you're in. But but most people have rooms in their home that have soft furnishings, so it's not a big ask. So you you can achieve that. This room here, it's got soundproofing around the room. We're building our own studio in our London office, which we'll talk about more in the future. That's got soundproofing as well being built in. So you can do the professional setup, but you can get away with just soft furnishings at home. The next thing you need to do, like you said, is buy your own equipment. 
So the equipment that we use at home, the microphone you use is the one we both started with. I've played around a little bit because I get distracted, but you still use the very same podcast mic. I think it's replaced maybe once or twice because of them breaking, but the same model since we started eight years ago, and it sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's an Audio-Technica microphone. We can link to it so you can go and find it. I'm pretty sure it's still available. Um, if not, there'll be a very, very similar model. But I've I've taken this around the world. Like This has come everywhere with me, and it still works. And the sound quality, as long as you've got the room right, because no, no microphone can make up for an echoey room. But if you've got the room right, then the sound quality is perfectly good enough. I'm sure it's possible to get marginally better but not to the point that anyone would notice. And it costs, I don't know how much, under £100, I think? It's under £100. And we both started with them being USB mics. So plugging it just directly into our computers. And we used to record on a um, piece of software called Audacity, which is free to download. So it doesn't, you can use GarageBand as well if you're on a Mac. And you just plug the microphone in, record straight onto your Mac or your PC, and then you need to edit it, and we'll come to editing in a moment. But as far as setup's concerned, you can't get much easier than that. We don't use USB anymore, though. No, so probably an upgrade we should have made earlier was moving to recording on an actual external device rather than into the laptop. Because um, shame we didn't have a swear jar for, <laughs> for a few years because that could have paid for that several times over because Audacity would crash because when you're using your laptop, things do go wrong. It's super annoying when you lose something that's in your head at least pretty good so we switched to actually recording onto a dedicated device um we use something called the zoom we've got an h4 and an h8 rob's got the eight i, I wasn't gonna say yeah. <laughs> but the only difference I'm, st- is- I'm still i still can't let that go <laughs> well the only difference is the number of channels and you only need one so it's fine uh, but i'm still getting a nine <laughs> but the the difference it makes it just means that you know when you record it it's solid it's there it records onto an sd card that you can then get onto your laptop that way even i can't remember how much that cost but it's still not much so you could easily have i know you can easily get started very affordably with just those two things yeah and usb mic i had the same as you over the years i played around with some others the rode nt is pretty good as us mic as well still have that as a backup mic that's pretty good and I've got the AT2020, which does sound like it's a downgrade on yours as well. But it's about the same price, and it's a condenser mic, which goes into my Zoom device. So and that's not to be confused with Zoom, the video conferencing. It's a, it's a separate device where you put your audio into it. So that's our setup. It's as simple as that. There's not actually a lot more to it. No, and it is super portable. Like I say, I've done this all over the place. And the only obstacle I ever have is if you've got an echoey room, Everything else is is fine. You could it's portable. It works, and I don't. It doesn't have to be absolute studio BBC quality. It just needs to be pleasant to listen to. Uh, like we've had people who've actually commented that like they'll occasionally hear a child crying in the background and things like that because that kind of thing happens when you're recording from home. But they people actually say they like that because it kind of makes it feel a bit real. So it doesn't. You don't have to be a professional broadcaster. It just has to be pleasant to listen to. Yeah, and. It is very occasional when that happens, but it just reminds people that it is real. Beyond that equipment, a couple of little extra pieces that you'll probably want to invest in. Some of these microphones come with their own stands, but you might want a boom mic like we have in this podcast and a pop filter sometimes as well is useful. Really cheap. You can get them off Amazon. 
We'll link to some examples, but you do not need to spend big money on those items. The whole setup really can cost you under a couple of hundred quid if you want. It really can. And to be able to launch a podcast that will sound top-notch for that sort of money means it's accessible to pretty much anyone, which is one of the magical things about podcasting. No, having an audio setup is really achievable. Video, which is what this podcast is, that is more challenging. There's more of an investment in terms of getting that set up. So for this podcast, we're using Panasonic GH5 cameras. We're using aperture lighting. And to get it right, that costs quite a bit. It's not, there's, you've got to get the lighting right. There's the cameras, there's lenses, there's other bits and bobs. And to actually get all that set up, get it looking right, takes time, expertise, it takes space to store everything. It's quite an investment. I'd say the same rules apply in terms of people are used to seeing things even on YouTube that are sort of semi-professional. So it needs to look good. And getting to that level is a lot more challenging than it is with audio. So it's not something I'd just go straight into for no reason. But of course, it does open up a bigger audience because you've got YouTube, where we've already said it's easier to get found. And some some subjects just suit themselves more to that medium anyway. So it can be worth it. But you just need to be aware that it's harder. Yeah, you can do a much simpler setup if you want to do video, which we did for a handful of episodes when we were locked down, where you just record into your own webcams and do it that way. And you can have split screens. You can edit it up nicely. You know, we did some interesting things with that setup. You can do that. And on YouTube, that might be acceptable as well. A lot of podcasts do seem to do that. So you don't have to go to the expense that we have here for this setup. We are doing a lot more with video across our businesses. So we can justify this spend because it isn't just for this podcast. It's it's quite prohibitive, this setup for most people. But what's important to remember is that for an audio podcast, you can get going for less than a couple of hundred quid. And if you want to do video, you can use some basic software, you can record your screens, put them side by side on a YouTube video. And that that's a good enough. That's a good enough tester to get you going. However good your podcast sounds or looks, the, the content needs to be there as well. If, if you're just rambling for hours, you're not going to get many listeners or they're not going to stick around for long. And that's where editing comes in. We started out, well, you started out editing the podcast yourself. We did the first few episodes. Then we upgraded from there to having somebody else do it and i think that was such a important upgrade because it didn't cost much per episode no so now we have a producer slash editor and we do we we do spend quite a bit on our podcast again for it to be produced and edited well but just for basic editing services we used upwork which is just a contractor site if you type in podcast editors there are loads out there and all we did was put a clip of roughly about 60, 90 seconds worth of audio and set with deliberate mistakes in there and said, can you edit this, please? And it was really easy from that point on. We we found our winner and we worked with him for years before we moved to another producer. And it didn't cost us a lot of money. We were talking you know, tens of pounds an episode. It's not crazy money at all, particularly if your podcast is you know 30 minutes or less. It's not going to cost you much to do and there's levels you can get to a basic edit is probably enough for 80 90 percent of podcasts out there the difference after the basic edit taking it to top notch yes 
you know, if podcasting is a big thing for you, it might be worthwhile. But in the beginning, you don't need that. Test the waters, see how big it gets. And I'm sure, you know, if you do blow up, then you can move on to that next stage. But you certainly don't need to start there. No, the difference between an editor and a producer, I would say, is that an editor just takes out the mistakes and a producer helps you shape the content in the first place and then gives it an edit to actually take out bits that you've recorded that weren't quite right or shift things around or whatever. Our podcast has got noticeably shorter since we've had a producer because before we'd record for 40 minutes and then basically it would all stay in except the mistakes. And now we'd record for 40 minutes and it'll come out at 20 minutes. But it's because our producer has done a really good job of cutting out our rambling and get just the good stuff. And so it got to a point for us where that was worth it. But you don't have to do that from the start. And you just need to have the basic awareness of this isn't for you it's for the audience and so if you can just have a basic structure in mind have a few bullet points that you want to cover make sure that you don't spend 10 minutes talking about you and your own life before you get started get to the good stuff if you want to talk about yourself do it later and just get through it that way make sure that you don't go on and on and on and have a format to work to if you can if could we had the same structure for all our episodes for years and then we've only tweaked it a little bit even recently and having that structure in place makes it easier to make sure you stay on track because you kind of you know every time you turn on the microphone you're going to go through the same things in the same order yeah and we do very similar for this podcast it's a bit more conversational but we have the same setup and we might tweak it over time as we learn but if you go back through all the episodes that we've done so far, it's a similar setup at the beginning. You have the highlights bit so people can see what this episode is about so they get a taster of whether it's for them or not. We do our main bit and then we finish quite quickly. We do a mini call to action to remind you to subscribe and that's it. We we just get on with it and that's the format of this show. We have the format for the Property Podcast. The final piece of the jigsaw is, you know, once you understand the value of podcasting, you, you've got your niche, you've got a good setup, You've got consistency, you're holding good standards, you're editing, all that rest of it. Although we've said it is word of mouth, you do need to promote because if you put it on the on the iTunes store and you put it on um, Spotify and everywhere else, and by the way, if you want to do that really easily, you need to host your podcast. So use a hosting service. There are multiple options available. We'll link to the, what we use in the show notes. But from there, it will put it, host it on all these platforms for you so you don't need to think about it. Once you've done that, that isn't going to be enough to suddenly people flock to you. If you don't tell anyone about it, your downloads are going to be zero. No one's going to go searching for you if they don't know about you. So you do need a promotion plan. Yeah, you're right. It'll be literally zero because there's no way of anyone to find you. No one is going to be searching for what you do these days. Or if they do, other people will be coming up in the rankings ahead of you. So... This is something we took very seriously when we started. Even though there was less competition back then, we had a proper launch plan. And I think we started by launching like three episodes, maybe more, all at the same time. So if someone did like it, they could keep listening. We promoted it on all the channels that we had access to, which weren't many, but it was something. And we made a real effort at getting it off the ground quickly. And then we we managed to use that to get momentum, which then meant that actually the podcast grew pretty well. We put even more effort into it doing any other business because we were aware that things are more competitive now. But by that point, we did have access to our own channels and an audience already. So it might be worth talking a bit about what we did, but then also what you might be able to do if you don't already have channels of your own. Yeah, so we 
sent multiple emails out to our audience, our database. We alerted them to what we were doing. We teased it on our existing podcast as well to direct people to it that way. We put it on all our social channels. On the original podcast before we had all this, though, so that was this time around. Last time around, we didn't have all that. So, yes, there were less podcasts, but we still went on forums, property forums, and talked about our podcast. We contributed. It wasn't just a blatant advert. So we went on forums. We got as many friends and family as we could find to get them to listen because then that would just have helped the algorithm and help the charts. It's just it's just thinking creatively. It's going, okay, who can I get to support this podcast? Which audience are going to be receptive to it? Find those communities. They exist. They might be on Clubhouse. They might be on LinkedIn. They might be on another podcast that you become a guest on. That isn't a direct competition, but it's complimentary. There are different things that you can do, but you need to do them. And it's just being creative, listed off a load there without thinking. It's not hard. You've just got to do it, though. If you're going to put all the effort into producing a podcast, you need to put as much, if not more, effort into the promotion, at the beginning at least. So is it worth podcasting? Yes, it clearly is. What do you need to do in order to get started podcasting? Well, we've talked about the equipment part, and that's the bit that people tend to get hung up on. But as we've said, it's pretty inexpensive and it doesn't have to be difficult. We've also acknowledged that it's competitive, though. So I think the most important thing if you're going to get started podcasting is have a niche. We've talked about that. Yeah. Be clear about what you actually want podcasting to do for you. Like, what are you, are you trying to get the most listeners possible, or are you trying to get a smaller group of listeners? And um, what do you want from that group of listeners? Obviously, the podcast is about giving something to them, but you need to know what ultimately you want it to do. It's not just a vanity project for you. And then you need to commit. And I'd say it's worth committing whether it's with a co-host or with an external accountability partner or something to doing say six months at least of every single week because not only are you going to find that it takes a lot of time for it to get off the ground even if you do do all those promotion ideas we talked about but also you're just going to get so much better over that time and people I think get scared about starting their podcast because when you're not used to doing it turning on the mic and just talking is a scary thing to do and um, people don't like the sound of their own voices it's something that you get used to hearing but at first it's just not pleasant and so it feels intimidating but i think that's fine if you if your first 10 episodes are rubbish doesn't matter because no one's going to be listening anyway (laughs) and by the time by the time you get there you're just going to get more and more comfortable and then by the time you're however many months in by that point hopefully you'll be feeling good about it it'll be an easy process an enjoyable process and you'll have listeners who are giving positive feedback and guiding you about what they want to hear about more our first podcasts were awkward we're not that good some people actually did listen do we regret any of that? No. Not at all. We put ourselves out there and it was worthwhile. It was worth doing. And podcasting is worth doing. The action of teaching makes you stronger in your own subject. We know more about property now because of the podcast than we would have done before because it forced us to research. It forced us to stay current. If we weren't current, if we weren't on top of what we were doing, then people would quite quickly call us out, particularly when your audience gets to a bigger size. So it keeps, it, it keeps us sharp. It keeps us honest. It's really powerful for that. This podcast, well, it's about our experiences. So that's useful. We have a clear mission for this as well. The mission is that 
we want to share this journey that we're going on. And why do we want to share that journey? Well, yes, it's going to be interesting for everyone. It's going to be interesting for us to document it. But also, hopefully then people will support that journey and buy in. That is the commercial angle of this podcast. Yes, we love talking about business. We do this privately. So you could go, well, why not turn on the mics? But why go to the expense of having a team present with us now? Or the equipment that we've got, we could just go to the coffee shop or the pub and talk about it. But hopefully people will really resonate with this content, buy into what we're doing, then buy into the mission and support that mission. So there's a purpose to our podcast, this one, the purpose to the other one that we do. You've got to have a purpose, you've got to have a niche, but ultimately you've got to start. And please, please do start. We will keep doing this. We're going to keep bringing you more. We love doing this show. So please follow along. Please tell other people about it as well. And we'll be back same time, same place next week.